Okay, good morning everyone. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Sorry to jump into conversations. What, what a week it has been. The British Open is in Portrush. It is being led by an Irishman. It is so good. It is such a good week. It's also been the week uh, that we have remembered the 50th anniversary of those infamous words of Neil Armstrong stepping off the bottom rung of a ladder onto uh, the first person to ever step onto a world outside of our own. And perhaps even more significant than both of those two things combined, it has been the week of face Hands up if you have transformed your face to see what you look like. Anyone seen a glimpse into the future? Don't be embarrassed. Don't be ashamed. For anyone that hasn't, you are glad you haven't sold all your data to Russia. Uh, well done, you guys. Um, it's been a week where, where we've kind of got a, a little bit of a glimpse of the future. If you haven't discovered this face app, you can grab anyone that raised their hands and they will give you a glimpse into the 50 years in the future self. Now for me, I suppose I had, I had a very different experience. I didn't need face app this week because I had a glimpse into the future. Last Sunday, that beautiful day, we were up the North Coast. We were in Castle Rock Beach. We were digging sand castles, everything else, driving back down the motorway. I had to pull onto the hard shoulder because I had completely thrown out my back. Far too enthusiastic on the sandcastle building. I had a proper garden spade with me. Completely wrecked myself. Laura drove the rest of the way home. So I have not only had a glimpse into the future, I now know what it is like to feel 90 years old. Because on Sunday and Monday, I could hardly move. And I suppose it's that sense that the expectation is not always quite the same as experience. If we look ahead, if we glimpse a photo of ourselves in the future, it's, it's a funny thing, but, but whenever the future kind of catches up with us, and in the case of me and my back, it's a very different reality. And this morning, uh, I want us to jump into a very famous part of Scripture. It's in John 1. It's when Jesus encounters the disciples for the first time, where he calls them forward into this incredible journey of life. And this is a group of people who've had expectation, but they expect expectation is about to become experience. It's about to become reality. And this morning, we're going to look uh, into the life of someone called Nathaniel. Now, you would be forgiven for not knowing a huge amount about Nathaniel. He's only mentioned in John's gospel. Lots of, of theologians and Bible scholars will say that who's Nathaniel in John's gospel is the same person as Bartholomew in the other gospels. But all those things considered, we hear about him a handful of times in all of the New Testament. And yet from his encounter this morning and from his character, I think there's loads that we can take into this week and into our lives. So John 1, and we'll start in verse 43, and it says this. It says, the next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. 
And so right at the start, we see that, that the gospel is relational. We see that Philip has this encounter with Jesus, this simple conversation where Jesus utters two words, follow me. And we see that Philip's response is that he just throws down everything and he comes straight after Jesus. Wouldn't it be so good if evangelism was that easy? Two words and people go, yes, I am in. And there was something, we know there was something about Jesus. We know there was something that drew him in to other people, that people step instantly into the story that they were invited into. But I think one of the things that we maybe sometimes think is that the conversation began with these two words, follow me. And yet the reality is that when Jesus stepped into Philip's world, he became the culmination of the conversation. He became that point where everything that God had been speaking into his life up until that moment found its reality in these two words, follow me. And so it was far from the beginning of the conversation. It was God calling Philip into this story, into this story that he had longed for, into this story that he had searched the scriptures to try and find this person. And now he's face to face with Jesus. And I believe that God is speaking to every single person on this planet. I don't believe that all of us are are always listening, but I believe that God passionately pursues every single person. It's the reason why Jesus came. And so we have moments where we get to step in and to be the voice in that conversation that points people to a father that loves and cares for people deeply. And we see Philip's response His response is immediate. He runs and he finds his friend, this person we're going to think about this morning. He runs and he finds Nathaniel. And so just as Jesus invites Philip into relationship, Philip then goes to the relationships that matter to him. He goes and he finds his friend and he wants to tell him about this encounter that he's had. We found the one, that one that the scriptures talked about, that one that Moses pointed us to. I found him. I've discovered him. You should come and meet him as well. You see, when you love someone, it moves from the private space to the public space. And as Philip encounters the source of love, his natural overwhelming reaction is to go and to to share that with others. I guess let me give you an example. Uh, 15, 15 years and 10 days ago was the day that I met a girl who was called Laura Blakely. Like all Northern Irish romantic stories, it started on the 11th of July. Bonfire night. We weren't at the Bonies. Uh, we were around at a friend's house, and, and it was the first time I'd sat in the same room as Laura, and we got chatting over the, the evening, and I didn't have a car at that stage, so Laura dropped me around home. We chatted the whole way home, and I remember sitting in the car outside my mom and dad's house thinking, wow, she's brilliant. But she was going on a mission trip to Romania the next day. Rubbish. I was like, what is going on? I remember thinking, I was like, oh, I would have loved to have spent more time with her. I'd have loved to have spent more time getting to know her. And, and as things worked out over the next year, we got to see each other a fair little bit. And a year after that, we started to date and, and all those things. And, and, you know, if you ask me what the most significant day in the last 15 years and 10 days is, It was the day that we stood in front of the Crescent Church Belfast, and we stood in front of our family and our friends, and I was able to stand there and go, this is the girl I love. 
And, and now there was a journey because initially that was all conversations with myself in my head. This is the person that, that I'm drawn to. This is the person I'm attracted to. But, but whenever I love Laura, I want people to know that. The best day ever was to stand and declare that publicly in front of people. And, and so just last month, we celebrated. We celebrated 10 years married. That's amazing, isn't it? 10 of, 10 of the best years, 10 of the, the most adventurous years, 10 of, of the most glorious years of Laura's life and um, spent married to me. It's just been, what a journey, what a journey. And, and so when we encounter love, it, it moves from the private to the public. And so when Philip encounters the source of love, when he encounters Jesus, his faith does not stay private. He makes it public. He goes straight away to the relationships that matter to him, and he, he knows that those people are on a journey towards God as well, and he calls them into that journey. He calls Nathaniel. He says, I found him. And Nathaniel responds with a question, and it's quite a cutting question. It's a question that gets straight to the point. He says, Nazareth, are you sure? Can anything really good come from there? And Philip probably has this similar, and Nathaniel both have this similar understanding. Their expectation is that Jesus will be born in Jerusalem, or perhaps even more appropriately, he'll be born in, in Rome. He'll sit in the seat of power. He's this, this Messiah that's come to overthrow our enemies, to establish us as a nation. And yet, Jesus appears from Nazareth. Can anything good come from there? And I believe that, that Jesus came from Nazareth to show us that there's nowhere on earth that God would not go to encounter us. And so Nazareth is the place. And I love Philip's response to the question. He doesn't satisfy his intellect. He doesn't go down a, a journey of unpacking the theology of the incarnation. He gives him an invitation. Come and see come and see, step into the story, come and encounter this person, Jesus, for yourself. The gospel is relational. Jesus isn't trying to satisfy our, our intellectual cravings. He wants to meet us in relationship. And so Philip invites Nathaniel to go on this journey. Verse 47, when Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, he said about him, here is a real Israelite. There is nothing false in him. Nathanael asked him, how do you know me? Jesus answered, I saw you when you were under the fig tree before Philip called you. I love this briefest encounter that Nathanael has. I love that one of the first things that Jesus does is that he calls out the good in Nathanael. I love that he points out, he, he says, here's a man in, in whom there is no deceit, in whom there is nothing false. He doesn't say that he's perfect. He doesn't say that he's never made mistakes or, or never got it wrong, but he sees in him an, an authenticity, an honesty, a vulnerability, and Jesus calls that out. And it got me thinking, I wonder how many people have, have stepped back from the story of Jesus because their first encounter with Christians or with the church has, has not been calling out the good, but has been a message of judgment or, or condemnation. And yet we find Jesus encountering Nathaniel, calling out the good in him. And, you know, we need to take on this same posture that, that Nathaniel has because you can't get to become the person that God wants you to be without starting with exactly where you are. 
being open and honest and authentic before God. And so Nathaniel responds. He doesn't challenge Jesus' assessment of him. He says, yeah, that's me. How do you know me? And then Jesus goes into this explanation. To our eyes, initially, it might seem like he's just glanced him from the other side of a field. He says, I saw you when you were under the fig tree. And that's hugely significant because Nathaniel was trying to connect with God. He was trying to find a connection to the Father, but he wasn't at the temple. He finds himself under the fig tree, and in, in these times, that was the place that if you were a rabbi, that's where you would often go to sit and to study, to dig deep in the Scriptures. You would go and you would sit under a fig tree, and you would study there. And so Jesus spots Nathaniel. He spots him hungering, thirsting after truth. He's not at the, the temple. Nathaniel sees it as a, as a relic of a reality of something of a time gone past, as a place where there's this holy of holies that is meant to be this place of intimate encounter with God, and yet he sees that as a, as a thing of time gone by, that he is not going to encounter God there, and yet where does he encounter God? He sees him, uh, he's seen by God sitting under a fig tree. And I think often uh, we find that there's people who've given up on the structures of religion, People have given up on church or they've given up on temple or they've given up on mosque because they don't feel that they're going to find God there. But I don't believe that all of those people have given up on their search for God. And so here we find Nathaniel as he sits under this tree, as he studies the scriptures, we find him sitting in this moment and, and God encounters him there. Jesus sees him under the fig tree. I think for us the we need to be careful that the, the church does not become the temple, that the church does not become the place of, of ritual and, and practice that lacks relationship, that lacks encounter, but that the church should be the fig tree, that place where people can come searching, that place where people can come with doubts, with hope, with expectation, with all of those things. And as we come to this place, we encounter Jesus in a real and relevant way. And then the words go on, verse 49, teacher answered Nathanael, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, do you believe just because I told you, I saw you when you were under the fig tree, you will see much greater things than this. And he said to them, I am telling you the truth. You will see heaven open and God's angels going up and coming down on the son of man. Nathaniel wasn't under the fig tree for fame or for reputation. He was there because his heart was hungering after God. He was longing for encounter. And in this encounter, Nathaniel has this incredible moment where he is the first person recorded in the Gospels as declaring Jesus as the Son of God. His expectation becomes reality. His expectation becomes encounter. And it starts a life-changing journey. The thing that most captivates Nathaniel is not that he can see God, but that God sees him that God sees him, that God calls out the good in him, and that God calls him into this journey of following him. And so when we give our lives to Jesus, 
God opens our eyes to people around us, people that he's been having conversations with, trying to get their attention for years, hoping to encounter them. And as we open our eyes to those people, we're invited in the exact same way as Philip was to to be relational, to draw alongside people and to invite them to come and to see, to come and encounter Jesus. The truth is that it all starts with opening our eyes to, to the people around us. Uh, if we rewind way back to when I was 19 years old, uh, I was on my gap year and um, we'd been training up in Belfast and so we were going to a few of the, the local churches on Sundays and I remember being at one church in particular and as we finished we, we were singing, we were worshipping, we were talking about going out and being God's hands and God's feet and all the rest and then the guys on my team, we were walking back up towards Daravolgi Halls, the Queen's kind of residence place. We were heading up up the road and I sort of glanced this homeless guy sitting outside I think it was the spar uh, just sitting on the steps on the left hand side and I sort of did that thing that if we're honest we've all probably done at some stage in our lives we see someone but we kind of let on that we haven't seen them and so I sort of glanced and I sort of glanced away and we walked on up the road and we sat down and we were chatting and, and we were about to have our lunch and I remember feeling this real strong sense from God of going you're going to sing that but you're not going to say it. And I felt this challenge to, to get up and to, to turn around. And initially, I sort of I tried to push it away. I thought, it's just, it's just your mind. It's just your mind playing tricks. It's just, and then I was like, no, I've got to do this. I've got to step in to this moment. And so I excused myself from the table. I got up and I started to walk down the road. I didn't know what I was going to say. I was praying the whole way down. And I was kind of, if I'm honest, hoping that the guy maybe got up and left. And when I got there, he was still sitting there, and I walked over and, and sat down beside him, just me and him sitting on this step outside the spar. And I was like, hi, I'm Johnny, and I'm here. And I've got to be honest, I walked past you, and I'm a Christian. And I believe that God wants me to come and spend some time with you, and, and sat and chatted with him. And, and we talked a little bit about faith, but we talked mainly about his story. We talked mainly about his struggles. I listened about how he's pushed out of shops, about how he's pushed away from places and nipped into the spa and picked up a few things that, that he needed. And we came back out and sat down. And, and if I'm honest, we didn't really talk about faith as much as I hoped. I kind of thought as I walked down into that moment, it's like maybe, maybe this is like one of those incredible moments where this guy comes to faith right here now and then we take him to church next Sunday. But, but in that moment, I suppose for me, is, is that question of that we'll never know where the fig tree is. We never know who those people are that are sitting, and, and we don't know if in that moment of just being seen by another person who represents Jesus, if that isn't the moment where just seconds or minutes or days or weeks or months later, he might hear the voice of God saying, follow me, come and be part of the story. And so it begins with us living with our eyes open. When we follow Jesus, we're to have God's vision for the world. We look around us and we see people. And so the question this morning as we finish is this. Who do you see? Who is there in your life that you're compelled to love? Who is there in your life that you're compelled to embrace? Who is there in your life that you're compelled to forgive? Who is there in your life that you're compelled to invite into this story as we step out and as we invite those alongside us, those who we rub shoulders with, to come and encounter the reality of Jesus. Let's pray.
Father, we thank you that amongst each of us in this room, there are so many relationships, there are so many connections, there are so many people that we rub shoulders with, that we do life with. God, we thank you that, uh, that you long for uh, encounter with us. God, we thank you that that encounter is life-changing. God, we thank you that when you spoke those simple words to Philip, that it sent him on an immediate journey to go and find people to tell that he had found the source of love. And so, God, as we go from here, God, would we be people who step out with eyes open, with your heart and with your vision for the world, Father? that as we step into this week, as we step into our holidays, as we step back into work, wherever we find ourselves, God, that we would be open to what you might want to do and say through us. God, that we would be people that simply go and offer the invitation, come and see, come and encounter the King of kings and the Lord of lords. God, we pray that you would give us courage that God, as we see those opportunities, that we would be people of faith that would step into them and proclaim just how good and how great you are, Jesus. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen.